Ladies and gentlemen, I'm handing out winners this week like free toothbrushes at the dentist's office. It's time for week 10. What's happening everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and like I said, we're into double digits, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to week 10 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2020 NFL regular season and postseason, getting underway a little later in the day than normal. It's about quarter after two locally here on Tuesday, and that was because I did have to go to the dentist's office today, but we got a a clean bill of teeth health we're at no cavities that's awesome feels just as good as it did when i was like 11 and they told me i had no cavities it's time to get into week 10 but first we are on the heels of a relatively successful week nine could have done a little better against the spread of course Straight up, respectable, 9-5 and five in Week 9, 87-45-1 straight up on the season. That's a 65.4% clip, moving ever closer to 70%. And it's like Matthew McConaughey says, you always got to have something to chase. That's the number that I'm chasing, 70% straight up. Against the spread, like I said, could have been better. Only went 5-9. and nine. That drops me back below 500 against the spread this season. 64-67-2. We'll be looking to write that ship this week. Now, the totals. We had a good week on the totals. 8-6. and six. That's awesome. 57-73-3 and three on the season now in the totals. But if you think about it, we're what? We're week 10. We've got eight weeks left in total, including this one. So if that happens for the next eight weeks, that's plus 16 picks. I'm right back to 500. Huh. Look at that. Aside from straight up, the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks are barely worth talking about, though, from last week. Did really, really poorly in those four picks. Went three and one straight up. I did miss Washington losing to division rival New York 23 to 20. But aside from that, then I only went one and seven on the actual betting picks in those four games. Absolutely abysmal. The only one that I picked up was over 41 and a half points in Pittsburgh and Dallas. And even that was a bit of a nail biter. Looking in at both the Bridgewater's Finest and Auntie and Co. straight up pick'em pools, I'm in a tie for 15th place in the Bridgewater's Finest pool out of 38 people making picks, 750 out of 1,053 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 71.2%. If I keep that up over the season, your boy's going to be right there for the championship. 74 of 105 points brought in in week 9. That's a 70 0.4% clip. It was not good enough to win week nine, however. Shout out to Bruin Steele, a longtime viewer of mine, 11 and 3 in week nine, bringing in 94 of 105 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 89.5%. Definitely good enough for Bruin Steele to win week nine. Gavin O'Connor, not only now the leader in the Bridgewater's finest pool, also the leader in the anti and co pool. Gavin has really put together a hell of a season picking these games. 92, 40, and 1. 786 out of 1,053 confidence points. A clip of 74.6%. But that just goes to show you, he's only 
you know what, uh, 36 points ahead of me, and I'm tied for 15th. So anything can still happen in this pool. Nianti and Co-Pool, I'm in a tie for 8th place out of 33 with my 87 correct straight-up picks this season. Went 9 for 14, obviously, in Week 9. Timmy's Tiny Turtle was the winner in Week 9, a name I have never called on this show before and will probably never call on this show again. 12-2 and two in Week 9, a fantastic week for Timmy. Uh, 85.7% there as well, but once again, Gavin O'Connor, he's running away with things in these pools, man. Taking a peek into Fantasy Corner to see how my six fantasy football teams did in Week 9 action. A pretty solid fantasy week for me. Four and two in my six teams. Now, one of those two losses, unfortunately, was in the Progs League yet again. I believe that's my second straight loss in the Progs League. I dropped the game to Wuhan Jackalopes. I think it was like 140 to 126 or something along those lines. It was looking okay for a little bit, but uh, kind of fell off the rails there later on Sunday. That drops me to 3-6, and six, and I have to imagine my playoff hopes all but dashed in that league where I was defending a championship. What can I say? The combination of Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, which are my two keepers in that league, that stack has just provided almost nothing all season. So, you know, tough to compete. But I do have a Week 10 matchup against Geo Nose. Currently, it's a projected loss, but let's see what we can do this week against Geo. In the Professionals Dynasty League, picked up the victory against Touchdown for Watt. That makes me 8-1 and one on the season in the Professionals Dynasty League. And I got a Week 10 matchup against my good friend Conrad. Watts on, Watts off. It's a projected win for me right now. I'm feeling great at 8-1. and one. I really, really feel like this could be my season maybe to, you know, do the thing for a second time. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts like this one, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 10 in the NFL. You can find information on joining both the Bridgewater's Finest and Auntie and Co. Pick'em Pools for 2020. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognostic Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Ladies and gentlemen, Nerd Tees is where you need to go to fulfill all of your hot drink requirements. NerdTees.ca, you can hit up my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That's going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is a great deal. If you're in the U.S., you also get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend is an old stalwart, an old classic amaretto almond biscotti. It is so good, such a tasty, smooth blend, really nice tea. Look, and there's so many of them. There's so many great blends, you guys, on nerdteas.ca. You know that if you've checked them out, but if you haven't, make sure you head on over and make sure you hit that promo code, BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love, you can do it at nerdtease.ca. I'm back in the friendly confines recording in my normal recording setup for week 10's slate of 14 games. We're going to get started with the Thursday night game, the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts in a division matchup in Tennessee. 
This is the battle for the outright lead in the AFC South. Two teams going in opposite directions based on their last time on a football field. Tennessee picking up the win. Indianapolis dropping a game last week against Baltimore that I actually took them to win. I didn't think they looked terrible in that game, but look, they ran into what was a, and just what was and still is, a phenomenal defense in the Baltimore Ravens. They do not face such a test this week. Look, Titans are 6-2, and two, Colts are 5-3. and three. These offenses are good, Tennessee's is definitely better. These defenses, Indianapolis's is really good, Tennessee's, it's alright. I can't exactly say it's great though. Titans have not yet dropped a game in the division at 2-0, and oh, and they are a sparkling 4-1 and one on their home field, so it is no surprise that the Titans are favored in this game. However, what may tip the scales just a little bit is the injury concerns on both sidelines. For Indianapolis, tight end Jack Doyle, he suffered a concussion. I feel like I've said that in years past. I don't think this is Doyle's first go-around with the concussion. He is in protocol. Seems like he's unlikely to play on a short week. And on Tennessee's side, it's on their offensive line. Left guard Roger Saffold injured his shoulder. No update on him as of last check. I would have to consider him fairly questionable also on what is a short week. Look, Tennessee got the job done last week against an inferior Chicago Bears squad, a team that they absolutely should beat nine times out of ten. They did their job. Indianapolis, no, they didn't beat Baltimore. But that, again, that is such a good football team. Now, Indianapolis's offense did not look great in that game, but they will not face the same kind of defensive test this week as they did against the Ravens. I actually like Indianapolis to win this game outright. Yes, Tennessee has the better offense. There is no question about that. It's playing better lately, and it's playing better overall on the season. But I'm leaning on that Indianapolis Colts defense, which other than like one hiccup a couple of weeks ago, has been playing very well and very consistently all season long. They did only give up 24 points last week to that fairly explosive Baltimore, or at least with the capacity to be explosive, that Baltimore offense. I like the Colts here. I think Tennessee's injury is more significant than Indianapolis's is. I think in general, the Colts are getting healthier. I think the Colts, I think this is just a prime division game upset. We're going to go with the Indianapolis Colts on the road in Tennessee. Colts beat the Titans. Now, on the line, obviously, like I said, Tennessee the favorite here at home. They're only a favorite by minus two. So, in general, this is considered to be a fairly close matchup. I like Indianapolis to win outright, so I'm more than happy to take those two points on the Colts. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. This is fairly close. I got this right around like a mid-40. And Tennessee is 5-2-1 on the totals this year. But since I'm taking the Colts to win, I think the Colts win it on the strength of the defense. Let's take an under here. We're going to go under 48.5 points in Indianapolis, Tennessee. Let's go Colts 26, Titans 19. Let's go to Detroit now. Lions taking on the Washington football team. Lions currently sitting at 3-5 and five on the season. Losers of two straight games. Washington dropping that aforementioned division matchup last week against the Giants. Now, in general, I think Washington's the better football team here. Uh, it's another one of those situations like before. You know, the Lions are the better offense. The, the, football, the football team, the Washington football team, 
head and shoulders the better defense in this matchup. Now look, this is again an all NFC matchup. Neither one of these teams have sparkled against NFC opponents. They're both two and four. Washington does continue to look for their long-term answer under center, but they're going to have to do it for the rest of the season without Kyle Allen suffering an ankle injury last week. He's going to be having surgery. I believe he had it already. He is officially done for the season. So it is going to be some combination of Alex Smith and whoever they can find. It's clear the team doesn't believe in Dwayne Haskins. So I guess it's Alex Smith's ship for the rest of the year. I personally think that's a bit of an upgrade. Detroit's offense has scored at least 20 points in their last four games, but the defense, especially the last two weeks, has looked absolutely brutal, giving up 75 points total over their last two games. Washington has struggled to score points, but they've scored at least 20 in back-to-back games, and this defense is smoking lately. They're only giving up an average of 19 points a game in their last four contests. I'm going to lean on the better defense here for the second game in a row, even though it is a slight upset. I'm going to take the Washington football team in Detroit to beat the Lions. On the line, Washington, three and a half point dogs in Detroit. I mean, look, I think this would be a hedge either way. I really don't like the fact that in order to lay the points on Detroit, you got to lay that extra half point in most places. This would be a hedge one way or the other. I like Washington to win outright. Let's take Washington plus 3.5. Total in the game, 46 and a half points. I've only got this barely getting into the 40s. I think this thing stays under as well. Second straight under, we're going to stay under 46 and a half points in Washington, Detroit. Let's go football team 21, Lions 20. Let's go to New York now where the Giants, fresh off that victory last week against the Washington football team, take on the Philadelphia Eagles who have taken the lead in this division and don't look now but they've won two straight games and look like they might be starting to get healthy both of these teams have two wins each inside the division so far this season as a matter of fact let's see uh, 80 percent of these two teams victories have come against nfc east opponents so both of them are pretty happy that they're playing a division game this week but Quite frankly, the better offense between these two teams belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. The better defense between these two teams belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. Home field advantage might belong to the New York Giants, but the Eagles are well rested. They are coming off of their bye from last week. They're going to be getting healthier. I wouldn't be shocked to see Miles Sanders come back this week, which is a big, big upgrade for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully he can stay healthy down the stretch run here. As Philly, despite the fact that they're under 500. I mean, everybody is still in this competition for this division. Genuinely, I think this division comes down to week 17, but not in the way you would normally praise for that, which is like, oh, there's two teams that are playing incredible football and it's going to come right down to the wire. It's like, no, all four of these teams compared to everybody else in the league, pretty much not very good, but it does make for some exciting games down the stretch. If we consider the idea that these defenses are basically similar, although, again, Phillies, I would say statistically slightly better. I'm going to lean on the team that's scoring more points lately. That's the Philadelphia Eagles, at least 22 points in all of their last four games. Let's take the Eagles here on the road in New York. Eagles beat the Giants coming off the bye. On the line, this is kind of an interesting one. The Eagles are laying three points as a road favorite. 
Now, I like the Eagles to win, and that's very firmly in small price to pay territory just to lay the full field goal. I am going to do that, but not strictly because it's it's three points or fewer. The Giants as home underdogs this season of less than seven points, which is what they are right now. So anywhere from like the Giants pick them to Giants plus six and a half. That's kind of the range that we're looking at here. As the home team, they failed to cover yet this year. They are 0-2 against the spread, despite the fact that against the spread, the Giants are doing fairly well this season. But 0-2 against the spread as a home dog of under a touchdown, that's what they are here. I'm going to lay those three points on the Eagles. Let's take Philly minus three. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. This is pretty well a perfect total to me. I think this is right where this is supposed to be. Now the Giants are currently three and six to the over so far this year. I think I'm going to lean on that because Philly's kind of middling. We're going to stay under for the third straight game here. Under 44 and a half points in Philly, New York. Let's take Eagles 26, Giants 18. Let's go to Carolina now for division matchup number three. This God, there's only the fourth game we've talked about. Panthers playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now the Panthers have been on a crazy bad slide lately. Losers of four consecutive games. They got Christian McCaffrey back last week, only for him to injure his shoulder very, very late in that game last week. We don't know whether he's playing this week or whether he, you know, this is this is one of those weird things with the rules this year that like he's already been on IR once. If he would have to go on IR again, even though it's like, oh, well, if he goes on IR, he only has to miss three games. No, no. If you go on IR a second time, your season is done if it's not COVID related. So if he gets an injury that would require him going on the IR again, that's going to be it for Christian McCaffrey's season and for the fantasy football seasons of many, many, many McCaffrey owners. But the Panthers, losers of four straight games. They got McCaffrey back. He leaves late last week. We don't know what his status is. It might be time to re-grab Mike Davis off the waiver wire in your fantasy leagues, ladies and gentlemen. And the Tampa Bay Bucks get absolutely, utterly, thoroughly curb stomp embarrassed by the New Orleans Saints, who all of a sudden have won five straight games and look like the dominant team in the NFC. The Bucks looked less than average. That being said, that's been the only blip on the radar so far for the Tampa Bay Bucks, certainly in recent memory. I mean, they were coming off of a streak where they'd scored at least 25 points in their last four games. They're still scoring 28 on average over their last four, including last week where they scored three. The defense has been playing very well with the exception of last week. Just, just nothing was going right for them against the Saints last week. I'm willing to take that as a burn the tape. One of those situations where like, look, we just stunk. We just got spanked. And sometimes it happens. It's the NFL. Stuff happens. So I'm willing to look at that as the one blip on the radar. And it's very difficult for me to overlook the multiple blips on the radar. It feels like the Carolina Panthers are about to fly into you know, fly into the ocean or fly into the hillside or whatever. Feels like this plane is going down, especially if Christian McCaffrey is going to be done for the rest of the season or even has to miss a, a, even another game or two. Feels like that's going to be dunzos for the Carolina Panthers. I like Tampa Bay here. I think Tampa gets back on the right side of things. Fourth straight road team we're taking, but let's take the Tampa Bay Bucks in Carolina to beat the Panthers.
Now on the line, the Panthers are four and a half point dogs. I'm actually going to take those points. This is a hedge, full-fledged. Uh, I liked this number a little bit more. Like earlier today, I think this number was as high as six. So, I mean, I liked it a lot more there. I'm still going to take the plus four and a half. Carolina as an underdog, five and two against the spread this season. Let's lean on that good record. Close division matchup. Maybe Carolina sneaks up and surprises them. Uh, let, we're just going to take those four and a half points. Try not to think too, too much about it. Carolina plus 4.5. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. This is another absolutely perfect number that I really don't have much of a lean one way or the other. I'm going to stick under on it because of the possibility that we have no Christian McCaffrey. So until I know that for sure, I think I got to play it safe and stick under a number that begins with five. So we're going to go under 50 and a half points in Tampa Bay, Carolina. Let's go Bucks 26, Panthers 23. Raiders and Broncos are up next. Battle of five and three versus three and five in the AFC West. Two teams who you can say their defenses just basically undo all the good things that their offenses do. And in the Raiders' case, that's you know that's more difficult because their offense is significantly better. Raiders have won two straight games and three of the last five, trying to stake their claim to a playoff spot here, kind of midway through the NFL season. Again, Broncos three and five. They dropped their game last week. The offense did some good things. Like Drew Locke had himself a heck of a game last week. Just wasn't quite enough for the Broncos to get that win, which would have moved them to four and four. Would have been a nice feather in their cap eight games in. Raiders have won both of their division games so far this year, but are only one and two in that nice new home building. They're certainly going to be looking to even that record up this week with the Broncos entering on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. With the exception of a really solid performance two weeks ago, the Raiders have given up at least 26 points in all of their previous four games. And uh, look, Denver things not looking great for them either with the exception of only giving up 12 points four games ago they've given up at least 30 in three straight while I don't think there's a massive amount of difference between these two teams I'm going to lean on the Raiders in terms of them playing better lately I got to see that Broncos defense shore themselves back up certainly play better than they're playing lately let's take the Raiders at home to beat Denver for the second straight game, however, I am going to be hedging my bets here against the spread. The Raiders are five-point favorites at home, and I just think that's too much for a team that's under 500 in their own building. This is a division matchup. I think this game is going to be close. I simply think the Raiders are going to win it, kind of like they did last week. So the five points, it's too much for me. I'm going to hedge my bets, take the Broncos plus five in a game they could very well win outright. Total in the game set at 52 points. I've got this game capped at a mid-50. I think it leans over, but it's not going to be by a ton. We're going to go over 52 points in Vegas, Denver. Let's go Raiders 28, Broncos 27. One-point victory for the Raiders. Let's go to Miami now, where the very surprising Miami Dolphins are going to play host to the very surprising Los Angeles Chargers, but not really in the same way. Chargers now sitting all alone in the basement of the AFC West. Losers of two consecutive games, only one and four in their last five. Now they are two and three against AFC opponents, so at least that's something. The Chargers continue, whether it's Phillip Rivers or not, to find new and incredible ways to lose football games. 
And in the meantime, the Miami Dolphins have started to cruise. Winners of not one, not two, not three, but four straight football games are the Miami Dolphins after starting the season one and three through their first four games. An incredible turnaround for Miami. And Tua looks like he's starting to get used to this whole NFL thing. Now, there are injury concerns here on both sidelines, but like with a previous game, I'm getting a little more concerned with one team over the other. On the Dolphins' sideline, it's wide receiver Preston Williams. He sprained his foot last week. The Dolphins are, quote, preparing to play without him for the foreseeable future. That's four touchdowns on the season that they're going to have to find another way to make up. The Dolphins cannot really afford to be losing weapons left, right, and center. And unfortunately, that's kind of what they're doing. We're also looking at, you know, Miles Gaskin. He missed last week. I believe he's still going to be out this week. He went on IR, I think, now, if I'm remembering correctly. So he's going to be out multiple weeks. That offense cannot afford to be losing these pieces and relying so heavily on their defense all the time. For the Chargers, it's tackle Brian Balaga of former Green Bay Packers fame, aggravating his back injury that he's been dealing with for, it feels like, quite some time. No update on him as of press time. I would have to consider him doubtful for this game. Certainly not going to help Justin Herbert's prospects to lose one of your starting tackles. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the Chargers on the offensive side of the football. At least 26 points a game if over their last four, and they're averaging 31 a game over that span as well. It's the defense. They have not given up less than 29 points in a game in the last month. That defense playing terribly, one of the worst defenses over that last four to five week span in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Dolphins, they're scoring at will. They're not really giving up points. A little bit of a hiccup last week where they gave up 31, but that was to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. A very, very good offense. Thing of it is, they're playing another very, very good offense this week. Justin Herbert has done some excellent things under center for the LA Chargers. We know the Chargers can score points. If this becomes a track meet, it worries me that Miami is now like hemorrhaging weapons on their offensive side. This will just be Tua's, what, second career start? Third career start? This is not the way, not the position you want to put your young quarterback in. I actually like the Chargers in the upset here. They're on the road in Miami. Miami is the favorite against the spread. I like the Chargers here. I think they're better put together. I think they have better weapons on offense. And in a track meet, I'm going to take the better offense. Let's take the Chargers on the road in Miami. Plus, I mean, Dolphins in a five-game win streak. That just seems... Seems very 2020, but I just I just don't think it's going to happen. So we're going to take the Chargers here on the road in Miami to beat the Dolphins. On the line, Miami, two and a half point favorites, like I mentioned. But I like the Chargers to win outright. I'm concerned about those injuries in Miami. Let's take the Chargers plus two and a half. Total in the game set at uh, 48 points is the total here. This is pretty well another perfect total. I think this was right on the money. But if we're going with the track meet storyline, let's go with the track meet storyline and go over 48 points in Miami, Los Angeles. Let's take Chargers 28, Dolphins 21. Let's go to Arizona now, where the aforementioned very good offense of the Arizona Cardinals are going to play host to another very good offense, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, who came up with a huge win last week. 
Bills extending their lead in the AFC East, or I suppose maintaining their lead in the AFC East. They're looking in the rearview mirror there, man, and seeing the Miami Dolphins doing some things, but Buffalo sitting at seven and two, winners of three straight games. Cardinals sitting at 5-3 in the NFC West, and luckily they did not lose any ground based on their loss last week as the Seahawks lost to the Buffalo Bills. Bills have been winners of both of their interconference games so far this season. They're 2-0 against NFC opponents, which I think will certainly loom large in their corner in this game. However, it is absolutely indisputable that the Arizona Cardinals are one of, if not the best offense over the last month or so in the NFL, averaging 34 points per game over their last four outings, and they haven't scored fewer than 30 in a game. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't slight concern for the Cardinals on the defensive side. They've allowed exactly 34 points against in back-to-back games now, which is kind of throwing a bit of a shadow over how well their defense had been playing up to that point. You know, I genuinely think here that the Buffalo Bills are the better football team. It's very, very close. These are two excellent teams, two excellent quarterbacks, lots of weapons on both sides. I would say Arizona's probably got the better weapons, but man, I just, for some reason, I'm feeling the Buffalo Bills here. We are going to take the Buffalo Bills on the road in Arizona. Call it a gut call if you must. Josh Allen beats Kyler Murray. Buffalo beats Arizona. On the line, Arizona, two-point favorite at home. Line makes perfect sense to me. I like the Bills to win the game outright, so we're going to grab those two points on Buffalo. Total in the game set at 56 points. Now, I capped this at a high 50, so kind of in this area. The Bills are 6-2-1 this season to the over, so since I like them to win, let's go with that. Let's go over 56 points in Buffalo, Arizona. Let's go Bills 30, Cards 28. Let's go to Los Angeles now for, you guessed it, another division matchup. Rams taking on the Seahawks. Rams entering off the bye. Seahawks, tail end of back-to-back road games, coming off a loss. Still feels like anybody's game in the NFC West, although, again, it's a division that features four very good football teams. Still feels like it's anybody's game. Six and two, the Seahawks lead the division at. Rams right behind them at five and three. Same record as the Cardinals. And even the 49ers are at four and five, and that's after losing two straight games. Rams have yet to win a division game inside the NFC West. Seahawks are 1-1. and These two teams have combined 9-2 and against all NFC opponents. Seattle, much like a couple of other teams that we've talked about so far, have had absolutely no trouble scoring points over the last month or so. At least 34 points a game over their last three and averaging 33 points a game over their last four. The problem is the defense can't stop anybody. They've allowed at least 26 points in four straight games. That includes games of 37 and 44 just last week. Meanwhile, the Rams kind of running hot and cold on the offensive side, but defensively they have shown more often than not, only allowing 18 points a game over their last four, including two outings of only 10 points against. I think you can easily make the argument that the Rams are the best defense inside this division. Cardinals are relatively close, statistically speaking, but the Rams are definitely the best defense in this division. And the Seahawks have shown that not only are they the worst defense in this division, they might not be able to stop anybody with a pulse on offense. And while the Rams, I'd say, probably have the worst offense in this division, their offense still has a pulse. 
Rams are going to be well-rested. Rams are going to be playing at home. I like the Rams to win this game. Let's take Los Angeles in their home building to beat the Seahawks. Now, on the line, the Rams are laying two points as a home favorite. That line makes perfect sense to me. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay those two points on the Rams. Total in the game set at 55 and a half points. Now, I personally capped this at a high 50, despite the fact that the Rams are only two and six to the over this season. I think we're going to stick with that. I think Seattle is going to force the LA Rams to play better on the offensive side of the ball. This number may not fly over, but I think it gets there. Let's go over 55 and a half points in Seattle, Los Angeles. Let's go Rams 36, Seahawks. 23. Let's go to New Orleans now where the New Orleans Saints are going to play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Now the Niners enter this game on the long week having played last Thursday night. The Saints like we mentioned before all of a sudden have turned into NFC world beaters winners of five consecutive games. Due in no small part to some wild lack of luck with injuries the 49ers have become a very average football team in a hurry only 25 points on average over their last four games the defense allowing 23 on average per game but their last two games they've allowed 34 and 37 the Niners kind of leaking on defense at the absolute wrong time Meanwhile, like I mentioned, Saints are just on a roll, man. They got Michael Thomas back. They put up 38 points and absolutely curb stomped one of genuinely the best football teams in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints averaging 30 points a game over their last four and only giving up 19. Their defense is starting to turn it on and put on a string of good performances. Look, this is the Saints game all day long. They are huge favorites in this game at home. I certainly like New Orleans to pick up the win over San Francisco despite the fact that they're on the long week. Hopefully the Niners can start getting healthy while they might still have a chance to grab one of those playoff spots. Like I mentioned, the Niners huge underdogs in this game, Saints huge favorites at home. They're laying nine points as the home favorite right now. Ladies and gentlemen, that's too many points for me. The San Francisco 49ers are not a bad football team, especially because like I say, the, the drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo to Nick Mullins, I still don't think is that crazy. Garoppolo's a better quarterback, but Mullins is certainly usable. Like, he's 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 an NFL quarterback. He belongs there. And there are still pieces on this 49ers team that can keep this game relatively close. In addition to that, the Saints, as home favorites of more than a touchdown, are 0-2 against the spread. They have not covered against the spread as a big home favorite this year. I think that streak continues. Give me the nine points on the Niners. Total in the game set at 50 points. This is pretty well another perfect total for me, but I'm going to lean over on it as the two teams are a combined 12 and 5 to the over this season. So let's go over 50 points in San Francisco, New Orleans. Let's go Saints 27, Niners 24. Let's see a good football game here. And the last game we're going to look at before we get to the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 10 is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals and Pittsburgh. Man, the news not great out of Steeler land. 
And I know people are immediately going to be like, Justin, how can you say that? They're the only undefeated team in football. Yes, you are correct. They are currently the only undefeated team left in football whose starting quarterback just suffered a double knee injury and who has at least five players now, including said starting quarterback, on the COVID list. But look, let's do our due diligence here. Steelers are 8-0. Their offense is really good, almost 30 points a game. Their defense is just like 20 points a game. Their defense is playing great. Obviously, haven't lost at home, haven't lost on the road, haven't lost at all this season. And Cincinnati, they are in the basement of this AFC North division. Just 2-5-1, and one, even though they did pick up the win last week. They are 0-3 in this division, have not beaten a division opponent as of yet. They also do not have a win yet this season away from home. The Bengals do have the benefit of coming into this game fresh off of their bye week. And again, you're looking at a situation where Roethlisberger probably is not going to play. Everything about this game hinges on who is under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Division game, two teams that know each other very well. Joe Burrow still looking for his first win inside this division. And if he has an opportunity to play a Steelers team that is quarterbacked by Mason Rudolph... The possibility sits there that we could see a big upset. Now, Pittsburgh was much larger favorites when I left to go to the dentist office this morning than they were when I came back because the announcement came out that Big Ben and four other people were joining Vance McDonald on the COVID list. And look, that doesn't mean they have COVID, obviously, but what it does mean is they cannot practice in person until at least Saturday. And again, considering the fact that Big Ben's got those knee injuries, look, Big Ben is arguably the toughest football player alive, certainly the toughest quarterback alive. Like, he'll just play. It doesn't matter what's going on with him. He could have his heart outside of his chest, and it feels like he would still play the football. But... You're on the COVID list. You don't have a chance to practice all week. You got a a well-rested division opponent that's going to be coming into your building looking to upset you big time. And now you got to put Mason Rudolph out there. It's not a good look for the Steelers. Mason Rudolph, that experiment, we had that. We saw that last year. The experiment was not great. In saying all that, the Steelers' defense is good enough to win this football game on their own. Joe Burrow has done some great things for the Bengals this season. A 15-5 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, I believe. Something in that area. So, he's done very good. I just don't think... Like, not against this defense. I just don't think it happens against this defense. Not to mention, Joe Burrow's Bengals have a pretty porous defense on their own side, giving up at least 27 points in three of their last four games. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Steelers here. They're the better team top to bottom, even if Mason Rudolph is starting at quarterback. We're going to take the Steelers at home to beat Cincinnati. However, Pittsburgh currently still favored by seven and a half points at home against the spread. We're hedging our bets on this one. We're grabbing the Bengals plus those seven and a half points. It's a division game. Cincinnati's 5-2 against the spread as an underdog. 3-1 as an underdog away from home. Cincinnati it will be able to cover this number. So we're going to grab plus 7.5 on the Cincinnati Bengals while taking the Steelers to win the game straight up. 
Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I have this capped at a low 50. So I think we're going to stick with the over here, not by a ton, but let's go over 47 and a half points in Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Let's go Steelers 28, Bengals 24. Close football game. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 10 in the NFL. We're going to start, of course, at the bottom with the bronze pick. Eight and one straight up this season and a combined seven, 10, and one on the betting picks. Sees the Chicago Bears at home, kind of limping into Soldier Field, down their top two now running backs. The Chicago Bears playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. All NFC North matchup here, and this is two teams going very much in the opposite directions. The Bears are five and four, but they're losers of three straight games. Minnesota's three and five, but they've won two straight and looked fairly good doing it as well. Bears have only played one game so far in the division. The Vikings have two wins already inside the NFC North in three chances. Like I mentioned, injury concern here for the Chicago Bears. It's running back David Montgomery. He suffered a concussion late in the game last week. He is in protocol. His status is uncertain, so it's possible that the Bears could go into this game down their top two running backs, David Montgomery, and of course Tariq Cohen, who's been out for the vast majority of the season. That would lead them to what? Cordero Patterson with all of the running back duties in the game? Look, the, the Bears' offense is almost impotent at the best of times. I mean, the quarterback play has not been there. The run game has not been there all season long. You've heard me talk about it up and down. That defense is good, but they've given up 24 points in each of their last three games. At least 24 points, I should say. You take a look down at the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, their defense is not as good as Chicago statistically, but the offense is significantly better. The Vikings scoring 28 points a game over their last four. They've scored no fewer than 23, just put up a 34 spot last week. The long and short of this is Dalvin Cook is going to run all over the Chicago Bears this week. Give me the Vikings in Chicago. On the line, Chicago's a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. I like Minnesota to win. It's a fairly small price to pay, so let's lay the two-and-a-half points on Minnesota on the road in Chicago. Total in the game set at 45 points. I've got this capped at a high 40, and Minnesota is 6-2 and two to the over this season, so let's go with that. We're going to go over 45 points in Minnesota, Chicago. So we're going to go Vikings straight up. We're going to hammer the Vikings minus two and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 45 points. That is my bronze pick. Let's go Vikings 26, Bears 23. My silver pick where I'm also eight and one straight up and nine, eight and one on the betting picks so far this season sees the Cleveland Browns coming into the game off of their bye with the return or impending return of Nick Chubb in the backfield taking on a Houston Texans team on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. So obviously incredibly well rested versus not necessarily the best rested. I mean, look, if you have, you got to play two straight road games, you're traveling a lot, you know, the, the, the road rash, the fatigue can certainly set in on you. Houston got back onto the happy side of things last week. That was just their second win in their last five games. And in fact, only their second win on the season so far. Cleveland sits at five and three on the year. They were losers last time out. And they're only an even money three and three against AFC opponents. So this is, this is certainly no layup. 
I would say overall, the Browns' offense is marginally better than Houston's. The Browns' defense is marginally better than Houston's. Although I will say lately, in the last like month or so, Houston's offense definitely scoring at a better rate than Cleveland's is. You got to remember, Cleveland's missing their top running back. So, I mean, Houston is scoring 28 points a game over their last four games. Defense is giving up 29. Not a good look. And I mean, even though the Browns are only marginally better than that, like, look, they only gave up 16 points to a very good, I believe it was Raiders squad. I think it was, I think it was the Raiders. They lost to 16 to six, but they only gave up 16 points in that game. I'm willing to look past the fact that they've only scored a touchdown or fewer in two of their last three games because the other two games over their last four, they've scored at least 30. So this is such a hot and cold football team. I don't think you can accurately measure how important it is to the Browns offense that Nick Chubb is back. Like genuinely. Nick Chubb completely changes the way that offense is going to play. And if he comes back hungry and 100% healthy, look out. The Browns could legitimately go on a run here. And this is a very porous Texans defense that they should be able to throw a few clean shots on. I think Cleveland comes away with the win here. Let's take the Browns at home to beat Houston. On the line, Cleveland's only laying three points as the home favorite here. Houston has failed to cover against the spread all year as an underdog. They're 0-5, so I'm just going to lay those three points and not think too much about it. Cleveland minus three. Total in the game set at 53 points. I've got this at a mid to high 50. I think both teams score their points here, but we are going to take over 53 points in Houston, Cleveland. Browns straight up, we're going to hammer the Browns minus three against the spread in a game that goes over 53 points. That is the silver pick. Browns 34, Texans 23. My gold pick where I'm seven and two straight up and six and 12 on the betting picks. So let's try to fix that if we can. The New England Patriots at home on the short week playing host to a Baltimore Ravens team, not only on the tail end of back-to-back road games, but also dealing with an injury. I simply don't adequately know what to make of this Ravens team from a consistency perspective. I know at the top end, at their highest end, they are inarguably one of the best teams in football. But on a consistent basis, sometimes it's difficult to trust them. Now, they did get a big win last week against a quality opponent. They won that game 24 to 10. The defense played very well. The offense did what it needed to do. I think that's what it is. It's it's the offensive letdown of like, you expect this team to be scoring much more than they are. And it just feels a little troublesome, even though you sit here and you look and it's like, well, they're almost averaging 30 points a game. Like how much more do you want? Meanwhile, like I mentioned, Patriots are going to enter this game on the short week. This is certainly not the same Patriots team that we have seen. They barely beat the friggin' Jets on Monday night. This Patriots team looks bad. Uh, I really genuinely feel like I'm going to fade this team against anybody with a pulse. And Baltimore certainly, more than certainly, has themselves a pulse. Like, look, New England got the win. It's their only win in their last five games, but they got the win against a team that was 0-8 and is now 0-9 and is actively not trying to win. And it took a last-second field goal for this Patriots team to beat that team. 
As I mentioned, the Ravens are dealing with an injury. It's on their defensive line. Defensive end Calais Campbell, one of the big free agent acquisitions in the offseason, he has an injured calf. He is expected right now to miss multiple weeks. And yes, that is a significant loss on the defensive line. But genuinely, like that's one of the reasons why they brought in a Yannick Ngakwe. Like, this team is so good on the defensive side. This is going to be next man up, and he's going to be missed, but it's not crippling like it would be on some other teams. You know, nothing about these two teams over their last four games respectively or just overall in the full context of the season. There's nothing about this that makes me feel like the New England Patriots are going to win this football game. I'm going to lean on the fact that the Baltimore Ravens have not lost a game on the road yet this season. Baltimore goes into Gillette Stadium and hangs another loss on Cam Newton and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Let's take Baltimore to beat New England. Now, on the line, the Ravens are a seven and a half point favorite on the road in Gillette Stadium. That is a number that I don't think Patriots fans thought maybe at times they'd ever see again. What a massive line against the New England Patriots in New England. And you know what? It's justified. As a favorite, Baltimore's margin of victory so far this season is 10.1 points on average. It's almost a full field goal over what they need to cover here. I, look, yes, it's seven and a half. It's more than a touchdown. This is 100% a justified line that I think Baltimore is going to cover. Let's take Baltimore minus 7.5 points at New England. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. New England's defense certainly is not terrible. New England's defense can play some ball. I don't know what you're going to get out of the offensive side other than throw the ball to Jacoby Myers because that seems to be working really well. I'm going to stick with the under here. I only have this thing capped like into the very low 30s. So we're going to stick under the lowest number on the week. Under 41 and a half points in Baltimore, New England. Ravens straight up. We're going to hammer the Ravens minus seven and a half against the spread in a game that goes under 41 and a half points. That is your gold pick. We're going to go Ravens 20, Patriots 10. And the last game we're going to look at is my Green Bay Packers playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Packers enter the game on the long week. Jags come into the game with an injury. And oh, I will mention, platinum pick, 5-4 and four straight up on the season. Just 5-13 and 13 on the betting picks. Ooh. Packers feel like they're in prime position here to pull away in the NFC North. We all know the Chicago Bears are not a 5-4 and four football team. The last three games has shown that. Minnesota and Detroit have only got three wins on the season. Green Bay wins another game. I figure they'll probably be two games clear in the NFC North, just a little over halfway through. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, seven straight losses, one of the worst teams in football, certainly on their way to another top five pick. And for the folks who own this team, uh, it doesn't come as a great surprise. I shouldn't say for the folks, I should say, given the folks who own this team, it's not a huge surprise. The cons, a proud tradition of losing from Jacksonville all the way to All Elite Wrestling. Uh, anyway, Green Bay is going to curb stomp here. Green Bay is going to run over this team they have no reason not to the games in green bay jacksonville has not won on the road yet this season aaron jones is back and he looks to be absolutely fine from the injury scare there jamal williams going to be coming back from the covid list i think he's going to have himself a big game green bay's got more weapons than people give them credit for and i think certainly as soon as alan lazard comes back that just puts another weapon 
Another bullet, if you will, in the chamber of Aaron Rodgers, the gunslinger in the NFL. Green Bay gets this thing done in a big, bad way. But due diligence, I got to mention, on Jacksonville's side, wide receiver LaVisca Cheneau dealing with a hamstring injury. No update as of the last time I checked. I have to consider him questionable heading into the game. Whether LaVisca Cheneau plays or not, it's not going to make much of a difference here. Green Bay is going to win, and they are the heaviest favorites against the spread of any team this week. Green Bay rolls against the Jags. On the line, the Packers are 14-point favorites against Jacksonville. Now, I want to kind of reiterate something that was actually just mentioned to me earlier today by the blind Canadian cat, my good friend Cody, a fellow prognosticator in this community. He mentioned something about double-digit spreads and how they have been absolutely awful the last couple of weeks. But you know what? It's the Packers and it's the Jags and one team is the model of an NFL franchise and the other team is the Jags. So we are going to lay those 14 points on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I would expect them to get out to a big lead in this game and then ride their running backs all the way to a big win against Jacksonville. 14 points is not too much for me here. It's great team against not great team laying the points. I mean, guys, the Jags are giving up 33 points a game over the last month. Like, come on. Total in the game is set at 52, and this genuinely feels like one of those totals that one team may cover on their own, even though it is a low 50. I've got this game in the 60s, so I feel great about taking over 52 points in Green Bay, Jacksonville. Packers straight up. We're going to hammer the Packers minus 14 against the spread in a game that goes over 52 points. That is your platinum pick. Green Bay 39, Jacksonville 23. There you go, folks. The Week 10 picks are in the books. Sorry that they're a little bit later than usual, but it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week, I can't help but give it to the blind Canadian cat for the exact comment that I just referenced in talking about that line for Green Bay. The blind Canadian cat's comment from the Week 9 video was this. Funny how we trashed Vegas when it gave Kansas City minus 19.5 against the Jets a few weeks back, and they covered that easily. But since then, double-digit spreads haven't been covered, really. Tampa didn't cover minus 13 against the Giants. Pittsburgh couldn't cover minus 14 against the Cowboys this week. Hell, KC didn't even cover minus 10 against the Panthers. And the Pats were, at one point, double-digit favorites against the Jets. It's weird, ain't it? It's like Vegas knows. Keep your eyes peeled. In the words of Among Us, seems sus. Folks, if you haven't played Among Us, play Among Us. And yours is the comment of the week the blind Canadian cat, from the week 9 episode. Week 10 is in the books. We are well over halfway now into the overall NFL season. Just a few short weeks left until both Christmas and the NFL playoffs. Let's just, everybody keep our fingers crossed. We're going to get there. We're gonna, it takes all of us. We're going to get there as a team. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We will see you again in week number 11. Best of luck. 